this is Green Seas, the podcast by Tradewinds about the environment and the business of the ocean. I'm Eric Priante Martin, and today, as industries increasingly look to capture their carbon, we'll talk to the shipping companies that are planning to ship it. Before we get started, we wanted to tell you about our upcoming Green Seas Fuels Forum in New York on March 9th. We'll be taking to the stage with shipping companies that are investing in alternative fuels and technologies today, as well as experts from banking, the bunker sector, technology firms, NGOs, classification societies, and more. Sign up at tradewinds.events. In Breivik, Norway, Norsem is planning to start operations next year on a facility that will capture carbon from the company's cement plant. It's just one of two large projects in Europe that's aiming to tackle greenhouse gas emissions by using carbon capture technology, a solution that's expected to grow in the years ahead. But once the Heidelberg cement subsidiary snatches the CO2 from the plant's emissions before they're pumped into the atmosphere, what will it do with all that carbon? As part of Norway's longship program, the plan is to deliver the carbon to the Northern Lights project, which is developing the world's first open source infrastructure network to move CO2 by ship and then deliver it to storage at the bottom of the sea. Northern Lights, which is working with Japanese shipping giant K-Line, has ordered two vessels that will be the world's first purpose-built liquefied CO2 carriers. But as my colleague Lucy Hine reported in Tradewinds, it's also aiming to order more. Seeing potential for global demand for carbon capture and storage, or CCS, shipping companies are eager to get into this nascent business that could see significant growth. This is Baris Dolek, the CO2 shipping commercial manager at Northern Lights. We've been talking to industrial customers uh, in Northwest Europe for now almost five years. We see um, significant demand. Since we have seen what we have seen, um, we have no doubt that CO2 shipping in Northwest Europe will be significant. Significant uh, flows need to happen. Shipowners interested in getting into this business, he said, should have no fear that newly ordered ships will slump in value in the future. This market has to grow to 2070 and plateau around that date, maybe even later, uh, for us to reach the climate targets. So, so there is significant runway, significant lifetime in these ships, and the market will grow. Phase one of Northern Lights will start up next year and will have capacity to move 1.5 million tons per year of the cargo. But the company is also looking to take a final investment decision on the next phase, which will lift total capacity of the Northern Lights project to 5.2 million. Dolik said that the final build-out would require Northern Lights to need about 10 ships of between 7,500 and 12,000 cubic meters in capacity. When compared to other shipping sectors, those are small vessels. But in Northwest Europe, which is poised to become the world's first carbon shipping market, that's just the size for the task. Distances are short, and the liquefied CO2 is stored at pressure, making it a dense cargo so small ships can carry a lot of carbon. But other markets are expected to develop, including in the Mediterranean and Asia, and new CCS opportunities could lead to the need for longer distance and greater scale. Moving carbon at a larger scale is key to the plans of Ecolog, a venture launched by Greek ship owner Peter Levanos. The outfit wants to build CO2 terminals and a fleet of 60 larger ships in the range of 20,000 to 85,000 cubic meters, carrying the cargoes at lower pressure than the Northern Lights smaller ships. Ecolog Chief Commercial Officer Jasper Hakens said that the carbon capture supply chain involves well-known technology, though it has to be scaled up. There are not many real technological hurdles 
that need to be solved or invented for this to happen. And that, in our view, is the beauty of it, because the, the urgency to decarbonize for society is so high that one, in our view, we need to do everything, right? It's not pick and choose, oh, we believe route A is the best to decarbonize society. Let's just do that. We're, we're way past that. We just need to do whatever we can, all the routes at the same time. And, and, and CCS can be done at a very large scale. Northern Lights is backed by energy giants, Equinor, Shell, and Total Energies, building a transportation network to link their carbon storage position to upstream emitting industries. Ecolog is coming to CO2 shipping from a different perspective, from the midstream, from Livano's background in industrial shipping and terminals, taking the view that if the technology is proven, why not start with more scale? Why can't we just not try and go big from day one? And what I mean with that is the, the volumes are there, right? So why can we not build a 5 million ton export terminal and move 5 million tons on ships to a store, you know, within a short period of time? But no one is going to build a carbon carrier on speculation. So Ecolog first needs to lock in customers before it starts building its first terminal and then its first ships. With shipping companies keen to get in on the CO2 shipping game, what is keeping potential customers from signing up today? Haken said, right now, carbon capture is one of the many potential options that a business might consider to, for example, decarbonize a natural gas-fired power plant. They could also switch to a cleaner fuel or shut down the plant to invest in something greener. But in the European Union, the 27-nation bloc is planning to reduce the number of carbon credits available in its emissions trading system, or ETS. Simple supply-demand uh, will, will allow price to rise, and then you know, the incentive for them to decarbonize becomes more real. Like at the moment, maybe the cost is, is slightly above the ETS price, but you know, for certain industries, um, for certain some industries, way above the ETS price. But at one point, those two will merge, of course, and then flip, and then, then I think you'll see it really start to accelerate the the the, the, the urgency to decarbonize. Here's more on the environment and the business of the ocean. My colleague Adam Corbett reported in Tradewinds that marginalized shipping flags are experiencing growth amid Moscow's war on Ukraine. Cameroon, for example, saw its fleet grow by 41.5% in 2022, even though the flag is considered high risk because of its high detention rate. In Tradewinds' weekly comment column, I argued that the movement of the dark ships into lax flags is another crack emerging in shipping's international safety order as vessels flout regulatory norms. Read both stories at tradewindsnews.com. My colleague Irene Ang reports that CMACGM is investing more than $1 billion on a series of large methanol-fueled container ships. The giant French liner operator is aiming to order six vessels, each of 16,000 TEU of container capacity, at a Chinese yard. Green Seas is also an email newsletter. This week, the newsletter explored the problem of nurdles, the tiny plastic pellets that are polluting the ocean and washing up on beaches. Ships are often to blame for plastic pellets pollution, and the International Maritime Organization is discussing measures to tackle the problem. But environmental NGO Fauna and Flora worries that the problem will only get worse if mandatory rules are delayed. Sign up to receive the newsletter in your inbox at tinyurl.com slash greenseas. And subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Music for this episode is by Ivy Music from Pixabay.